Honey, where is my podcast? Hello, world. This is Eric Dye with my podcast besties, Jeremy Smith and Phil Snyder. This is the 41st Church Mad Podcast. While I'll be tempted to not edit it at all, considering Phil's comments and dialogue and, well, I'm sorry, monologue in the middle of the podcast, I will be forced to listen to it in its entirety and make sure that I remove said phrases. This is why you guys both listen to the podcast right away once it's been posted, because you're like, what did we do? Like, do I need to call a lawyer? Oh, you yeah. Know, something like that. I'm constantly downloading it first thing as I know it's live meant to make sure I can tell my wife whether she should listen to it or not. And she doesn't anyway, but because it's me talking. But still. This week, the podcast is brought to you by Church Audio Training 101, a full video course and ebook to train your volunteers to run awesome church sound. Learn more at churchmagpress.com. On this episode, we'll be hearing from Mike Sessler. Mike is a technical artist who knows his church tech like no other. Get ready for some great insights. But before we listen to Jeremy Smith's interview with Mike Sessler, let's take a listen to this week's Church Mag Pro Tip from Chip Dizard. Hey, what's going on? This is Chip Dizard from ChipDizard.com. That's Chip, D-I-Z-A-R-D.com. Today, I want to talk to you about a question that a pastor asked me. Um, a technology question at heart, but really, I wanted her to start with some other goals in mind. So she basically asked me, hey, Chip, I want to do some videos like I saw you do with another pastor. How can I get those done? So the first thing I did was say, OK, pastor, let's back up first. Number one, let's do what Dr. Stephen Covey said in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, is to begin with the end in mind. So what is your goal? Do you want to get more bookings? Do you want to get more notoriety? Do you want to get uh, uh, just, you know, uh, more likes? What is your ultimate goal? And her ultimate goal was to get more bookings, to be uh, more of a itinerant speaker. She's an associate pastor uh, starting out in a fifth year of ministry, and she wanted to put herself out there, but she was a little bit scared because, you know, sometimes in pastoral ministry, as you may know, putting yourself out there is sometimes equated with you being all about you. So I said, well, you have to get over that. And before we even talk about technology, let's start with the end in mind. So that's number one. Number two, you have to provide immense value. So before you even record uh, anything with technology, you just have to know about value because that's what people really want. You know, when they visit your blog, people ask the question, what's in it for me? So how can I get something out of this? Even when you're listening to this now, you know, is this worth your listen? Or you can shut it right off. So you have to provide immense value and not what you think. It's what your audience thinks. And as soon as you can do that, you'll be ahead of the game. And I think it's the most important thing. Anytime you're starting a new uh, campaign is you want technology to be the vehicle in your ministry, not the driver. Let me say it again. I'm glad you asked. Let technology be the vehicle in your ministry and not the driver. So many people want technology to be the driver, the driving force behind our technology. No, it's a vehicle to get people to Christ. Let that be the vehicle and not the ultimate driver. Take care. Again, you can visit me on chipdesart.com or chipdesartweddings.com. I'll talk to you soon. I personally have connected with you in the realm of all the different various podcasts that you have been doing across the multiple years. I don't even know when you started, but 
I personally know you a little bit on Twitter, but mainly through your Church Tech Arts podcast. Uh, explain to us just a quick little pitch about what do you do with that podcast? Yeah, well, Church Tech, uh, ch- our podcast is uh, called Church Tech Weekly, and it was kind of an outgrowth of the website that I started seven years ago now okay. called Church Tech Arts, and um, really just focus on all the various aspects of live production in the church, sound, lighting, video, presentation, um, and even, you know, we get into the technical side of things, but we also get into the, the spiritual side, the people side, how to lead uh, teams, how to how to lead up, how to lead down, um, you know, and, and just how to take care of yourself as a technical person because, you know, most of us in the technical world, we tend to work pretty hard and, and, and pretty long, and uh, I think we need to be encouraged uh, once in a while. So that's kind of what we – that's what I started off with with the website. And then uh, four years ago this June, in fact, we're coming up. We're, uh, we're six episodes away from episode 200 wow. of uh, Church Tech Weekly. So it'll be four years this June. Um you know, and it's just grown to be a great community. We've got about uh, 30 or 40 regular guests that we kind of cycle through there. And we just take topics, um, you know, everything, again, from, uh, you know, how to uh, how to use compression and effects in, um, uh, in a mixing, live mixing sort of, uh, setting. And last yesterday we did a show on, uh, you know, really how to stay connected uh, with your heart, the essence of who you are to the Father as we are busy doing church. Um, how can we still stay connected and be a part of, you know, what God is doing in the church um, and all that? So, I mean, it's it really the, the topics span a pretty wide gamut, uh, which makes it fun and um, I think keeps people engaged. I think one of the greatest things from my experience has been that you guys come from it at a production standpoint, a much more uh, efficient way to do a lot of these things. And so for me, I've been drawing a lot of that from what you guys have been doing, especially the podcast, because I, I have a two hour drive to Denver twice a week. So that's been okay. a great resource <laughs> for me to just be able to sit back and listen to on my drive. Yeah. Yeah. We hear that from a lot of people, especially with those with long commutes. So they just love the love being able to sit down and, and kind of hang out with us for a couple hours. And, and uh, you know, like I said, we've we've been really blessed. We've had such a great group of people that uh, have uh, joined us regularly on the show. And it's been it's been a huge amount of fun for us to be able to do the do the podcast. Very cool. So my one question that I would love to ask you, especially from the background that you come from, there's a lot of church tech people out there, especially those that maybe are volunteering to run an entire crew, that maybe they're a single person that's in charge with others that are just jumping in whenever there's need. And then there's also the staff people that are technically staffed as something else, kind of like what I was saying before, <laughs> but they're paid yeah. to be there Sunday morning and they don't have an upfront rule, but they are a, a paid person, and so they need to be running the sound or the video camera as well as a, a host of other people on their team. How do you lead well in that entire team to be able to have streaming, to be able to have the video and sound? What do you think are some of the top things that a, a church tech team leader needs to be able to incorporate into their team model? Yeah. Well, I think there are several several aspects to consider. Uh, the first would be making sure that you know why you're doing what you're doing. Um, I talk with a lot of uh, uh, tech people, both volunteer and staff, and you know they'll email me and say, "Hey, you know our church wants to start streaming our services live." Yeah. And you know my first question is, "Well, okay, why are you doing that?" You know, I mean, 
first of all, I always ask the question, why are we doing this? Is there a solid ministry model behind it? Um, you know, can we, do we know how this connects to uh, our ministry in the community that we're, we're doing with uh, people that are live? Um, making sure that aligns properly first instead of, oh, well, you know, all the other churches are doing it, so we need to do it too. Um, for me, that's not a good enough reason because, you know, whenever you get into something like that, uh, it, it always becomes a resource hog. And uh, so you've got to be really careful about that. I think second, um, once you've established that, uh, yes, there is a good, solid ministry reason behind it, um, and, you know, we, we know how it's going to connect, we know how we're going to follow up, and we know how we're going to use this as another outreach model, um, then you need to figure out how can you do it well inside of the budget limitations that you have. And all churches have budget limitations. Um, you know, and I, I know it's, it's easy for those at small churches to look to the big churches and think, well, you know, it's easy for a big church because they can just, you know, spend however much money they want. And, yeah. you know, I'm at a, I'm at a reasonably good sized church. And I know guys at most of the biggest churches in the country and, you know, we all have budget limitations and problems and, it, you know, the problems just have more zeros associated with them. So, um, you have to be careful to do what you can do well inside your budget. So. Um, you know, that may mean you have to be very, very strategic in choosing your equipment. It may mean that instead of trying to stream live, you would be better uh, capturing uh, and then doing a little editing on it and then posting it later. Uh, streaming live is, is really kind of a can of worms because you do have to have a really good internet connection and it's got to be solid and it's got to hold up. Uh, when everybody else connects to your guest network and starts using version uh, on Sunday morning and, and all that stuff. So, um, you know, there really is a fair amount of management necessary to make sure that you can stream live. So make sure you have the people. Um, you're going to need to dedicate somebody to watching over that process on Sunday morning. Um, you know, a lot of times churches will just think, oh, yeah, just, just tack that on to the job that the volunteer or tech guy who, you know, is already here 15 or 20 hours a week volunteering his time, just tack that on to him. He'll, he'll be fine. He'll be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you've got to be able to staff those things uh, because, you know, there are just so many elements to doing it. So I think you need to talk to people that are doing it already, uh, find out, you know, what, what you need from an equipment standpoint. And, you know, if all you can do well is a single kind of lockdown camera shot of the, uh, of the whole stage and, um, you know, stream that directly or record it and then do an edit on it and, and post it afterwards, do that well first. Okay, don't, don't, you know, try to do a five camera shoot, you know, with some, a couple of cameras that you picked up at, at Best Buy and, um, you know, you don't have the right lighting, you don't have the right angles, you don't, you've got cables running all over the place and people aren't manning them and it's just, it's kind of, it can be kind of a mess. Um, you don't have a, if you don't have a switcher and, and all of those things, I mean, there's just a lot that goes into it. So start off where you can do something well, make sure that, you know, if you're, if you're streaming video that you've got lighting that looks good on video. Because, you know, you go into a traditional style church maybe that has a big stained glass window behind the behind the podium. Well, video is not going to look very good unless you've got a lot of light hitting the front of the of the pastor. Otherwise, it's going to all be blown out from the backlighting. So, sure. um, you know, knowing things like that. Um, Again, just starting small, and I think that's why a lot of churches make mistakes. They try to jump in, you know, at the mega church level and try to start there, and it's usually not very good. And then it's it's just bad. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and I love that you are keep talking about the small church because really, if we were trying to speak to large churches, it, this would be a completely different podcast. But in, in a sense, the idea of being able to lead a church of people that are not necessarily gifted and talented specifically in church tech production and may not even have a specific skill set that is directly advantageous to being able to to create the greatest protection ever but they're volunteers they are i have a couple of hours on sunday and i want to serve the church and i don't want to be able to be stuck in the nursery because i don't like babies or i don't like to be spit on i'm a teenager (laughs) that no other ministry even wants me I, i there's a lot of issues that go into that that i don't even want to necessarily address right now but in leading well i think it also matters that we try to up the level of the team and so mm-hmm. we don't necessarily know the heart of a specific church because there's so many different versions so we'd have to generalize this but not looking at the churches that have more than two staff people specifically for per- church production what would you say is one way that we could up the skill level of all the people volunteers and staff uh, staff people that their heart is truly youth ministry, but because they're under the age of 28, they're stuck with church <laughs> technology. How do we yeah. teach them and what would be some resources? Obviously, your website, I'm going to instantly say, would probably be number one. But what would be some other resources that they could latch onto that could make that Google Plus stream a little bit better or that the that the lighting is just perfect finally for the video production as well as the live uh, presentation for the sermon. What would you say are some resources that they need? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, certainly online resources are super helpful, um, and there are plenty of them out there. Uh, thanks for the nice words on my website. We really do try to um, talk about the right way to do things, and, and we do, and mainly because I'm in a larger church right now. Um, I've been focusing on, on issues that are that are you know common to larger churches, but a lot of it uh, trickles down, and we do try to talk about. In fact, we've we've done a whole series on the podcast on small church questions that uh, our readers have submitted. So we do try to span that gamut in there, and so that's that's, that's a good spot to start. Um, so you know, there and like I said, there are, there are other uh, other church websites out there um, that are kind of geared to uh, various sizes of churches. But I think I think probably the number one um, underutilized, overlooked <laughs> resource is other churches. Um, most towns have uh, you know at least one or two large churches in town with some paid tech staff on it. And, um, you know, I've, I've had the privilege of getting to know uh, paid tech guys uh, all over the country and found them to be, in general, some of the most uh, helpful, caring, uh, big-hearted people uh, I've ever come across. And, um, you know, almost every single one that I've ever talked to, and, you know, certainly everybody that we've ever had on the podcast when we start talking about this, you know, says, hey, if you're at a smaller church and you just need help, come talk to us. Give us a call. Come visit. We'll go to lunch and ask questions. You know, we'll try to help you out. And obviously we know that, you know, if, if, if I'm a tech director at a church of 10,000 people, you know, I'm not going to tell you to go buy, you know, $250,000 video broadcast system for your 200-person church because that would be silly. Sure. But I can steer you in the right direction and help you come up with some ways to make your small church more conducive to doing good video. And maybe that's just, you know, helping out with a couple of lights. In fact, a lot of times the bigger churches say, hey, you know, we, might have a, we probably have a couple of spare lights around that we're not <laughs> using anymore. We decommissioned. You know, why don't we, why don't I come down on an afternoon and we'll help hang some lights and, 
you know, we can run some cable, we can do some tests, whatever. I mean, I know a lot of guys who do that. And um, so I really want to encourage uh, guys at smaller churches, guys and girls, uh, both staff and, and volunteer alike, to um, to reach out to the larger churches there, uh, you know, build relationships with them, become friends with them, take them to lunch, and, uh, you know, just pick their brain a little bit. And I think most of the time, every, I mean, you know, you're going to maybe run across uh, somebody who's not super helpful once in a while, but most of the time, uh, I think you'll find that... Um, uh, the guys that are doing this full time are more than willing to help out uh, the smaller churches and and uh, you know anyway we can maybe we, we may not be able to do the entire thing but we can at least point you in a direction. Sure. Um, you know so that's that's one thing I would say and I've I've helped other churches around town and like I say the the guys that we have on our, our show regularly do that as well. Yeah, and, and most likely you are in a situation where you do not necessarily know it all, and you're right. you're really great with computers and so they're saying why don't you be in charge of church technology never having yeah. touched a soundboard or know how to live stream a video feed and and rut and lighting and, and the electrical work that goes behind that so totally understand that and i totally agree with what you're saying on just being able to communicate well with others in your community yeah, we we kind of we we have somewhat of a running joke that um, we do mean we mean well, but it, it's kind of the reality of the situation. A lot of times, the the church tech guy at the smaller churches is the church tech guy because he works at the Verizon store. Mm-hmm. You know, so the pastor said, "Hey, you work with technology. You can stand there and mix that sound thing, right?" And you know, the poor guy maybe has a great heart, maybe wants to serve, mm-hmm. um, maybe is fairly decent with technology, but like you said, has no training, no experience, no understanding of sound at all, and yet. He shows up and he tries to do it every week, and um, you know usually there are unrealistic expectations put on him because or here or her because they don't have any training, they don't have the experience, and you know pe- some people that are totally non-technical assume that all technical stuff is exactly the same. <laughs> sure, and it's just and it's just not. So again, that's where I think uh, reaching out to uh, you know the, the the guys and gals at uh, larger churches and say, hey, can you just come help me? <laughs> yeah. What is one pitfall? with leading a church tech team, especially a small church tech team that you have seen happen over and over again, that you would say, just watch out for this. Maybe here's how you can correct it, especially for those that are uh, volunteer or just, it's not their first priority. Yeah, I think, I think the, uh, the issue of unrealistic expectations is probably the one that I see the most. Um, again, it's, uh, whether it's coming from the pastor or even the, you know, the technical lead, um, sometimes you'll find in, you know, like I'll see a small church that maybe does have one guy who has some background in tech and mm-hmm. live production. And, and so, and maybe he just is one of those super volunteers that just loves to do this stuff and, and volunteers 20, 30 hours a week, um, at the church because that's just what he loves. Um, and sometimes you know, somewhat unwittingly, it's not hard to put unrealistic expectations on your other volunteers, you know, and sure. assume that just because you spent 30 hours a week there, well, by gosh, they should be able to, too. Or, you know, they should they should know how to mix. They should know how to do this. I figured this out. Why can't they figure this out? Um, and it, kind of, it comes from pastoral staff, too, sometimes, you know. Um, it, it goes back to the, the poor Verizon guy who's standing behind the soundboard has no idea what gain structure is and how EQ works and, you know, even how proper busing works. But, you know, he's expected to make it sound like the conference the pastor went to, <laughs> you know, at the megachurch. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think it's just it's just right sizing those expectations and 
helping uh, coach the volunteers. And, you know, even like I said, I'm in a, I'm in a larger church, but I still I have people that, you know, are on camera and can't figure out how to focus. Um, and so I have to go down and talk to them and say, okay, let me show you again. Here's how the focus works. And, you know, here's what it should look like on the screen when you're in focus. Okay, I got that. Good. See you next week. <laughs> you know, and so it's, in, it's always being encouraging, always trying to help, always trying to lead them toward a better result uh, without putting... Uh, expectations on them that they can perform at the level of someone who has been doing this, you know, professionally for years. Yeah. Um, I think it was Whitney George uh, or Willie George, I forget one of the two, who said, um, you know, it's arrogant to think that uh, you can do in your spare time what others have devoted their life to. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I just I think that that really kind of sums it up. If if you've got volunteers who you know come in and serve once a month or twice a month or whatever, that is fantastic they're not going to be as good as someone who has devoted their life to this craft. Um, and that's fine. They don't have to be. Um, but don't expect them to give that level of production. Don't expect them to give that level of commitment to it when they're volunteering. Now, they can do really good work, um, but you're going to have to coach them. You're going to have to encourage them. You're going to have to train them. Um, churches don't like training technicians, especially volunteers, um, because it costs money and why don't you just know how to do this? It's not that hard, right? Um, <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of building into the people, into the, into the team that has to happen sure. in order to get good results. Well, and I love almost how you said it. I almost phrase it as being the buffer between the pastor and the team in yeah. the sense that you're speaking to your team and you're trying to just encourage and, and you really understand that environment, but at the same time, taking on what the pastor says and filtering that in and, and almost being the the champion for the team and and marking yep. that off what would you say how would you address that pastor if it if there was a, a unreasonable request that they have asked of you yeah I mean I, I liken it to um, you know what what the pastor does you know um, it's pretty rare that we see volunteer teachers yeah. in the church. Uh, right, because you know the pastor went to school for four, eight, or whatever years to learn uh, theology, learn how to speak properly, learn how to deliver a message, learn how to craft a message that has an impact. Um, because that's their job; that's what they do; that's their calling. Um, you know, and you don't call people out of the out of the seats and say, "Hey, you know what? I need to take a vacation next month. So, um, can somebody volunteer to teach for a couple of weeks while I'm gone?" Mm-hmm. You don't do that because right. <laughs> there's a lot that goes into preparing a message. Um, it takes, you know, most pastors will spend 10, 20, 30 hours working on a 30-minute message. Um, so, you know, learning how to mix well, especially in small, difficult rooms with, you know, non-professional people <laughs> on stage, Yeah, that's really, really hard, you know. Um, you know, we joke often that James Taylor's sound guy isn't working that hard. You know, because James Taylor's on the stage. You know, you don't have to work that hard to make James Taylor sound good. Um, And you've got state-of-the-art equipment. You've got a great venue. You've got, you know, nice PA, great microphones, and all of that stuff. Um, You know, in the small church, you have two mediocre at best speakers on sticks and, you know, hand-me-down microphones and equipment that doesn't always work and people with great hearts on stage that don't necessarily know how to sing or play very well. And so... You know, trying to make all that sound like the big conference that the pastor went to or like the Grammy Awards is is next to impossible. Um, 
you know, so there just has to be some give and take, and there has to be some right sizing of what that expectation. Not to say that it all has to be bad either, and I think we're going to talk about that in the next segment. But um, you know, we just have to right size and set the expectations well, so that we don't discourage people. Um, I like what you said, the buffer. I I, I call it uh, bulletproof glass. I feel nice. like my job as the tech director is to be bulletproof bulletproof glass between the pastoral leadership team and my tech team. And I'll take the hits, I'll, I'll take the abuse, and then I filter that to, okay, so the pastor really doesn't like it when we shine lights in people's eyes. Let's not do that anymore, okay? <laughs> Um, let's let's point the lights up, and so they're hitting the ceiling, and we can still kind of create that cool beam effect. But let's not point them in the eyes, okay? Sure. Um, you know things like that. Um, you know, again, it's all, it's all right sizing that, and again, I think it's it's so much about training, so much about bringing in people, and again, a lot of times people at the larger churches are more than happy to come and spend an afternoon with your tech team mm-hmm. and just train with them. You know, just teach them how gain structure works, teach them how uh, microphones work, teach them how EQ works, so that um, it does get better. You know, and it's going to gradually improve. Um, but you cannot, you just can't expect somebody who you know maybe like I've got a I've got a uh, fifth and sixth grade math teacher who's a video director for me you know like i don't expect her to be professional level video production but at the same time i've been encouraging her and working with her for the last five years and she's getting better and every week is a little better than last week and that's good we just you know we just keep going in small steps so for those that don't know where you are at point them to some places they can connect with you online um, you can follow me on Twitter. That's probably the easiest way to connect with me. That's uh, at Mike Sessler. And um, you can also visit our website, churchtecharts.org. And uh, if you want to listen to the podcast, churchtechweekly.com or look us up on um, on iTunes there. And I'm, I'm Mike Sessler pretty much everywhere. So Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+. Plus. Um, Twitter, all that stuff. So, and, and you, you can, if you want to email me, you can. There's a form on the website where you can uh, you can contact me as well. And you're pretty prolific as far as making sure all of your different resources get out there. So, at the very least, follow him on Twitter. You'll get the podcast. You'll get the blog articles. Mike, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. Yeah, you bet. And that was our very own Jeremy Smith interviewing the very cool Mike Sessler, who is seriously the uh, most gear headed church tech guy that I know. I mean, he, that dude is He's so pro. pro. <laughs> He's what kind of pro? <laughs> totes. As the kids say, I think. <laughs> Maybe. Dude, I've been I've been out of the country too long <laughs> to know something oh, like that. Oh, yourself lucky, man. <laughs> Wait, are you, are you telling me the, the little girl dies are running around going, oh, totes. And, no? Okay, good. Good for you. <laughs> Eric Dye here with uh, Phil Schneider. <clears throat> Phil, thank you for that uh, cultural reference. I don't know. Um, you're, awkward you're, pause. You're, and Jerry Smith, who... Yeah, thank you. And Jeremy Smith, who uh, interviewed Mike. Um, you know, w- one thing that I enjoyed in this interview was his very practical approach to church streaming. There's a lot of pressure for everyone to be church streaming. And I, I think church streaming can be great. The other, um, I think this past weekend there was a snowstorm somewhere in the United States. Imagine that. And someone had a... Uh, they had shared a picture via social media of their of their church service, and it was very empty. Apparently, there was a lot of snow in the region, and they had almost 50 people watching the service online. So there was more people at home 
watching the service because they had had so much snow than there was in the building. And so a majority of of their church fellowship was at home, and they were streaming the service. And I thought, hey, that's really cool, right? Um, but at the same time, there's so much pressure to be cool and to be hip. You have a lot of churches that are stretching and straining and trying to stream their, their services online that, that, quite frankly, don't shouldn't be fretting about that. There's there's other stuff that they, they might ought to be focusing on and worrying about. And I just really appreciated his his practical, straightforward yeah, approach. I, I agree. I would much rather churches uh, focus on things that are more mission critical in service and get those things excellent before branching out to more extemporaneous and unneeded you know, digital stuff. Like, you know, not having feedback all the time or <laughs> like any number of other things, like making sure all the actual the actual words are on the screen that we're actually singing in that moment, maybe. Yeah, imagine that. Jeremy, you there, buddy? Yeah. I got nothing to bounce off of. Are you serious? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sitting here with I got two barrels full waiting for you jokers to say something important. <laughs> Come on, guys. I didn't want to bounce off of the... It's 6.30 the cool. in the morning in Colorado. Come on. <laughs> it's, very, it's very real to Pastor Phil. I'm the third person now. Where are we at? Okay. All right. Here's the problem about having Jeremy record the podcast at, oh my gosh, 30 in the morning <laughs> without being a coffee drinker. That's I'm just saying... Point. What we should do is we should we should try and scour the world for a few of the last remaining bottles of Surge soda and send it to him. <laughs> they were remaking Surge. Oh, no, they're not. They were remanufacturing Surge for a little while, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was like on Amazon for $80 a case or something That's like that. That's nuts. It? Yeah, they were manufacturing it for a while, and I don't know if it's just to clean all the grease off of people's cars, but they're making it again. <laughs> what is your morning beverage of Nothing. choice, Jeremy? Are you I wait until I get to the office and use free coffee, free Starbucks. Dude, that's what I used to do. But it wasn't Dude, Starbucks. Starbucks at your office? Yeah. That's wow. that's awesome, bro. It's either free Starbucks in the office or we lose our minds with our clients. So. I feel like I feel like Napoleon Dynamite. Lucky. I know, right? It's like talk about career choices. I should have Yeah, no joke. I'm making my own coffee every day at school. Get Starbucks, write things down that people say. I mean, gosh. We've given more time to the to the little squirrels of this conversation than actually So okay, uh <laughs> So back to the interview. Um, you know, <laughs> there was an interview. When did that happen? Back to the interview. I I liked um, I like what he said about uh, you know um, expectations. You know, uh, he made that quote, and, and he didn't know who it was from, and I can't remember who he who he attributed it to. But that quote, uh, you know, it's arrogant to assume you can do um, you know part time or in your spare time with somebody else to dedicate their life to. And that's a great point. So many churches um, want volunteers to be you know, professional, uh, to be excellent on professional level. It's not going to happen. I, I, like the la- I thought the last two years or two of the last three years, Apple's uh, product launch keynote was screwed up. You know, the, the, sli- the, the stream was messed up one year, and then something else uh, messed up the, the year after or, or the year before. Yeah, how come, how come the, uh, the slideshows at church don't look like Disney? I think they go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you just did, did that, didn't you? Let it go. Let it go. 
The cold didn't bother you no, anymore. No, not like that movie was made. The slide didn't bother me anymore. Hey, you know what, dude? If you've got daughters, that movie is on is on loop, bro. I watched it two times yesterday when my son was sick. I understand. When, when that chick um, uh, Adele Nazim sang uh, start the national anthem for the for the Super Bowl, I told my daughter, "Hey, that's that, that's Elsa," and she's like, "No, it's not." I go, "Yeah, it is. That's that's her in real life." No, Daddy, it's not Elsa. Okay, honey, thanks. Anybody with uh, ponytails is Elsa or Anna to my son. And he judges people not by their beauty, but by how close they look to Elsa and Anna. So my wife is clearly <laughs> Elsa and Anna because she's so beautiful. Everybody else, eh, we'll see. Maybe Olaf. So what does he call you? Uh, Daddy. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you transcend that game, Jeremy. It's true. That's because it's like it's like the guy it's like a guy thing. The the entire audience is scratching their heads. How did they? How did they? How did this? I hope we don't do this for the audience. It's going to be like a very professional interview with Mike Sessler, and then what in the world is happening now? That's why we're putting this after the interview, so people can there just turn go. it off. Say that's there you go. Mm-hmm. so. Back to the interview. So for me, one of the big things that I would take away from this is I think that the Americanized version of this is really good. But I also know after I did that interview that I've talked to a lot of different people, especially a couple of different churches in the Philippines. And their version of church is not a centralized location because either they're too spread out and they don't feel like they have a pastor that they can lead the church or because they're worried about actually having church and having an an organized place. And so their version of home church, kind of like the based off of the model after Jesus when I'm in the first century was simply just to meet in homes and to have 20 people at a time, but still try to hold to that. I, I guess I'm not sure the whole theological philosophy behind it, but they still wanted to have someone that was seminary trained. And so they would actually have a pastor that would do a webcast and they would do their own music in house. And then they would turn on this webcast and they would actually have just in a home, a projector set up. And it didn't matter how the actual sermon was being done, but that's how they went about it as well as, uh, another church down in Ecuador that had about 70 to 85 people. They were running on dial-up, and they were trying to figure out, could we still do this to be able to ship it over to one of the orphanages that they also support that doesn't currently have an actual pastor there? And so I get what he's saying, but I think that nonetheless the questions should still be answered answered in, in just this aspect of, is it possible to do? Because I think that, yes, if you can afford live stream and be able to do something that's high production value, great. But there are so many cases around the world where live streams, streaming something like this, if, if it's even simply just with YouTube, would be so much more successful, keep their congregation safe, to be able to in, employ and empower an entire congregation to serve and to worship together and to still be able to be fed by the word and all that stuff. So I get what he's saying, and I 100% agree. I think that if you're a church in America and you are trying to maybe test the waters that you're going to need to step up your game and do it well. But then there's other times in the situation where it just needs to happen. It needs to happen well. Wow. So instead of, instead of a church spending the money and the time and the resources to set up their own stream, if we could, if we could just organize as a church globally, that, that church in the United States could sponsor like a church in the Philippines, for example, where there's such a shortage of you know hands on deck and and leadership and those that uh, uh, and pastors and teachers, where you know something like a live stream 
can make a huge difference. That is amazing. And, and these both of those churches were based out of the Philippines and based out of Ecuador. So I don't even know how the Americanized stuff would go into it. And I don't even know if some of these services would be offered there. But ultimately, I think that um, if we could just figure out some good ways for small churches that don't have a lot of money to do something like this, I think it would be absolutely key. But we'll, I think time will tell in that process. I mean, I'm honestly like my church, my church doesn't do streaming and we won't for years because we don't have the money. It's just not one of our things, but we pot, we upload our sermon audio every week and we do classes on Wednesday nights. And then when the classes are finished, I go through and edit up eight weeks of audio and it's online. So I, I agree. I like content churches should be sharing content. You never know who's going to find your content and be ministered to by it. I think that that is such a good key. We're, we're so obsessed. We have become our, We've let culture influence us so much to think that we need to be on the very, very edge of everything. We need the newest and the latest. We need the full live video stream. When actuality, you know, maybe we just need to worry, think more about the quality of our content, the teaching, and so on. And just like you said, put it on a podcast because the content is still there, whether it's live streaming or not. Content's right. still I, there. I'll be honest. If you if your church had all video content and no audio content, I'm not listening watching your videos. I hate watching videos. Yeah, I got, yeah. I got things. I'm not going to sit down for five minutes and just watch your video. You're going to minimize. You're going to minimize or, or or go to a different tab and let I, it run I could the do that, but I'm, I'm always afraid that it's a video. I need to see something. You know, if if you give me a video just to give me a video, just give me the audio. You know, like if there's anything visual that I need to see, just give me an audio file. I can listen to it. You know, easily while I'm driving, which I, which I do a lot. Wow, I tell you what, this was this was probably the squirreliest uh, podcast we've had in a long time. And by squirreliest, I mean like Doug, Doug, and Squirrel. You know, so who's squirrel? the squirrel? Who's the duck? Who's Doug? Who's the duck and who's the squirrel? I think we're who's all ducks. No, uh, Doug. You know, from from Up, from oh, the movie Up. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, I saw that movie once. That was a that was a low point in Pixar for me. What? <sighs> what? Is, okay, sorry. listen. I'm editing all that. Oh, wait, wait. Maybe not going to edit this out. It this was is a good, good movie. I, just was, didn't, I didn't like it that much. I mean, it was Eric, good. I'm I don't know if bad. I can do a podcast with him anymore. I'm not saying it was a bad movie. Come up and talk I, about just didn't, I just didn't care for it that much. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, Jeremy, this is this is this is one reason why we need to really think before we speak. Because <laughs> we need to pray for this man. Hey, hey seriously, I'm not, I'm not downing Pixar. I just didn't care for that movie that much. I, I, we didn't think you see, were downing honestly, it, but for you to you say a hurtful want, word, exactly. Awesome. See, I yeah. love The Incredibles, and everyone's like, "Oh, The Incredibles was so bad." I'm like that was a fantastic movie in my mind. Yeah, no, no, Phil, you don't understand. Of all the Pixar movies, Up is like the most heart it's there's so much heart in that thing okay, I mean, for I'm you sorry. to dislike Story that one so if you're much. not crying when they're all holding hands as they approach the fire yeah, it took monster. them three movies to get you to cry up mm-hmm. does it in the first five minutes I'm just agreed, saying agreed but see okay that's, that's a great point no no Phil Phil, I, Phil I it's too good one you're not gonna win this in five minutes <laughs> you're not gonna win this Phil just do at the end <laughs> Phil Phil do yourself and humanity and even your heart a favor and watch this thing again Jeremy and I just beg you give up another chance that's it for this episode can you think of a better way to spend a half hour well maybe 
If you have a comment, question, or an idea for an upcoming podcast, send us an email, podcast at churchmag. That's podcast at churchm.ag. Or say something to us on Twitter at churchmag. And don't forget, if you enjoy the Church Mag podcast, a review on iTunes would be really cool. Until next week. Oh my gosh. And now I'm left like, cut or not to cut. I don't know. I think you gotta cut clearly, I mean, you clearly. have to cut some of that. You can leave me in saying you gotta cut that, but you gotta cut the rest of it. <laughs> this is out of context. Just cut, cut the context. Just leave this. <laughs>